Senior Life Journeys presents Carol Howell's Let's Talk Dementia, a podcast designed to help caregivers find knowledge, power, hope, and smiles in their dementia caregiving journey. Welcome to Let's Talk Dementia. Here is your host, best-selling author, Carol Howell. Welcome to Let's Talk Dementia. I am Carol Howell, your host and nationally certified dementia practitioner, and I thank you for joining me. It is always a pleasure to see the numbers and know how many of you guys are listening in. And as always, my prayer and my hope that you gain something through these podcast episodes that makes your caregiving journey easier and more meaningful. Today, I have the wonderful opportunity of interviewing Sue Ryan of Our Journey of Love. And I look forward to her sharing her, she's just got a good story of her sharing that story with us. But before we get to that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. I'm back now with Miss Sue Ryan of Our Journey of Love. Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, Carol. I am fabulous. How are you? Oh, just marvelous. Can I tell you something exciting that happened to me today? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, we've been quarantined since what, March 15th, 14th, somewhere through there. And as we record this day is May 11th. And the wonderful governor of the state of Florida allowed us to get haircuts today. (laughs) That is happy news for me. There are a lot of of happy people today. They're getting haircuts. I know. I was one of the first people with my beautician and I'm going, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. I look decent again. (laughs) I saw a picture the other day and it was the Mona Lisa and she had about two inches of gray. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I read something that said um, when the quarantine ends, 85% of the blinds will disappear. Which could be true. I had threatened to take, um, in fact, I told my viewers on my video series that they may uh, tune in one day and I had buzz cut my hair. You know, it could happen. I did it once before. It could happen again, (laughs) but it's done. But anyway, I do appreciate you taking time out of your day to, you know, spend a little time with myself and our listeners on Let's Talk Dementia. So tell me about how our journey of love came to be. And I believe it's just got a little something to do with a good looking man. It has a lot to do with a good looking man. (laughs) My journey with roles of caregiving began well over 30 years ago. And my current caregiving partner is my beloved husband, Jack. Our journey of love came from when we were sitting together in the doctor's office and they gave us the diagnosis of Jack having a type of dementia. I looked at him and said, honey, we're beginning a new chapter in our journey of love. Mm. Amen. Our journey of love. I love that title. Thank you. That's really what I see it as is that we're both people of faith and we Mm -hmm. both practice acceptance. And so we see this as a journey that is is truly a journey of, of love. We just accept it and it's a, it's a beautiful opportunity for us to express our love for each other in ways mm-hmm. that are maybe less traditional than some people are used to. Right, right, absolutely. Um, Sue and I uh, had talked several weeks ago, I believe now, Sue, and for our listeners, and I had mentioned to Sue that my mom, who had Alzheimer's, passed May 31st of last year, but shortly after her diagnosis, and for many, many times afterwards, she would say, if I can just help one person because of my my diagnosis, it will have been worth it, and I I would say to her mama, we're you know, we're helping people in many, many countries and, and we're very excited about that. And your, your story is similar. You're helping a lot of people. 
my the reason I, I wrote the book and the reason that I have created a, a broader platform to impact people is because I have such a positive perspective on caregiving and mm -hmm. the, the journey that we have as caregivers and also how we have a positive impact on our care receivers. Mm -hmm. And so I truly did when I was writing the book, I, I exactly said the same thing. If I can positively touch at least one life, it's all been worth it. Amen. And my husband, Jack, and I used to talk about that when we were going through the diagnosis. We chose to share it with everybody. We mm -hmm. felt like everybody is part of our journey and that things don't happen randomly, that, that this is, is meant to touch other people. And so that's kind of been our perspective the whole way along. And I'm just taking that to another level now. Right. As my mama used to say, they would go, she's fighting Alzheimer's. And mom would go, I'm not fighting anybody or anything. I am learning to live with what I have. And I think that um, outlook makes a difference on how the journey goes. Not that there's anything wrong with fighting Alzheimer's. Go for it. I'm glad there's people who do that. But maybe not in mine and your life. That may not be our focus. Would you agree with that? I completely agree with it. Rather than in uh, fighting it, which is resistance and being angry and fighting against something that is perhaps because of something in the past and we're using an, an old perspective in order to see our lives now, what we talk about is practicing massive acceptance. I mm -hmm. accept and Jack accepts our journey exactly the way it is, exactly right here. We stay massively accepting of the entirety of the journey because that allows us to stay radically present to exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that by, by, by accepting everything exactly what it is, not wishing it wasn't, not being angry about the past, not trying to be a fortune teller for the future, but staying exactly where it is, then I can stay radically present to what helps me be the best caregiver and do, make the, the wise choices to help Jack have his most positive care receiving journey. Amen. Amen. Now, but let's back up a little bit. Yes. Tell us about meeting Jack. Oh, <laughs> Jack was my birthday present. <laughs> I come with a bow. He came with a bow. He actually, it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be my birthday present. <laughs> his, his first wife had unfortunately passed away a couple of years before that from cancer. And my best oh my. friend said it was time for him to come out of mourning. Right. And it was my birthday. And she said, we're going out tonight. And he said, no. And she said, yes. So all day long, she kept wearing him down. She did not tell him it was my birthday. She did not, not tell him it was me. And she brought him. Oh, wow. And he came and he was, you know, a little uncomfortable and yet he stayed. And then the next day he called and he said, I really feel bad. I didn't bring a birthday gift. May I please take you out and get you some dinner? And I said, sure. And that was it. <laughs> and she was not trying to set us up. And so Aww. what was really beautiful about that is that I was 46 at the time we met. I'd never been in love. I'd never been married. And we just hit it off immediately and our lives intersected. And so, so many things, you know, because I'm a person of faith, I really believe that God really kind of was bringing us together. Absolutely. And, and there's so many things to me that point to that, that we went on a wonderful spiritual journey. He chose to go into a 12-step recovery program and I went into a 12-step support program. And those gave us phenomenal opportunities to learn how to stay present and how to accept things that, mm -hmm. have, that really have served us in our journeys. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I, I can very much relate to your story. My own life, my husband and I met on a blind date and um, yeah, and it was kind of neat. But after about the third date, um, I don't know why the topic came up, but something was said about how we, I, I don't know if he brought it up or if I brought it up, but I told him I had been praying that God would bring into my life who he wanted me to spend my life with. And he looked at me and he had this look on his face and I thought, oh gosh, he just thinks I'm some kind of crazy something. Yeah. Right? And he goes, what day did you start praying that? And I got my calendar out because I had marked my calendar. Oh wow! And he said, I started praying on that exact same day that God would send me the woman that I should spend my life with. Isn't yeah. that, I mean, well, and it's I, you know, story, so I'll, I'll compliment what you're saying. People had talked for years about manifesting what you wanted. And I had been watching a show that Iyanla Van Zant was on. And she said, write a letter, write a, be very specific, write exactly what you want, and then read the letter every day and pray over it and think about it. And so even if you're not a person of faith, you can do that from the perspective of really, you know, what is it I truly, truly want? And I will tell you that my husband is exactly what that letter was. Wow. I still have the letter. Yeah. So now take us fast forward um, a little bit. And uh, when you first started noticing that Jack was having some issues, what did that look like? We did not connect the issues he was having at the time. My husband was a highly functioning business executive. And because they're so busy, they have a lot of things going on. And people are constantly reminding them if there's something that they you know, kind of missed or you know, asking him for things. Because it's expected that they have a lot going on and need to be kind of reminded. In 2013, there were symptoms of those things going on personally and professionally that none of us connected to being dementia, any type of dementia. In January of 2014, he went in for an executive physical. The doctor said, tell me anything that might be different. He said, you know, I used to be so great at connecting names and faces, and for some reason I seem to be struggling with that. They did some tests and they discovered that he had a type of dementia. And do we know what kind of dementia he has? It's interesting. And this is something that I, I hope will be very helpful for your listeners. Jack has had three different diagnoses. He was first diagnosed with dementia with Lewy bodies. He mm -hmm. was then diagnosed with frontotemporal lobe dementia. And he was finally diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so one of the things that we learned out of that is separate the symptoms from the diagnosis. What I mm -hmm. have been very specific about throughout our entire journey is not trying to fit Jack's activities or any pattern of his life into what a dementia with Lewy body looks like or Alzheimer's or anything else. I focus on him exactly where he's at and exactly what's going on because diagnosis in many of these cases, is not absolute. Mm. Well, this is true. Um, I'm always telling folks, uh, they'll, they'll say to me, mom has dementia. And I say, what kind of dementia? I don't know, just regular old dementia. Well, there's not really a regular <laughs> old dementia. It's, it's caused by something. And um, we need to begin ruling out what it is not because there are those reversible or fixable dementias. And um, I, I'm in a study right now that uh, classes that I'm taking, and it's interesting how many people are just automatically, they go to the doctor, they say, I'm having trouble putting faces and names together, like Jack said, and they do a little, you know, mini mental status exam. Next thing you know, they've got a diagnosis of, or they've got a prescription of Aricet and it says on their chart, 
Alzheimer's and they go home, tell the family I've got Alzheimer's and the story ends because what can we do to cure Alzheimer's? Nothing. So we give up on these people. We just let them die. Right. And there's nothing we're going to be able to do. They're just going to die. Let them go. When in fact, if, if more people had a Sue in the background going, okay, but let's, let's look at this. Let's look at the whole picture. Maybe there's something else going on. We might get two or three different diagnoses like you did. Well, and Carol, um, you're, you know, to your point, something else that I found very, very valuable. You know, I, I see experiences in my life and I don't think of them as random and I may not understand their value at the time, but I, whenever something kind of pings me, I try to, you know, like remember it. We had a good friend who was diagnosed with diabetes and he really did not have diabetes. What he had was something that because he had two different medications that mm. were compromising each other in a particular way, they made it look like he had diabetes. And so for several years, he was treated as though he was a diabetic when it wow. really was not accurate. And so mm -hmm. I've been very, very, very careful with Jack and also with myself now is that I look at if there's anything that's going on with me, what part of it is lifestyle? Is there something that could mm -hmm. be, you know, am I taking any different supplements? Have right. I left anything out of my diet? Am I you know, anything? So anyone who is looking at, you know, don't try to fit yourself into a diagnosis. Look at exactly what's going on and figure out where it could be coming from. Oh, absolutely. Excellent point. My example of that personally, actually, is um, I have been a plant-based eater for quite some time, and uh, I do the Blue Zones way of eating, which allows for goat cheese. You can have goat cheese, and my body responds favorably to that. Well, during this quarantine time, um, I got a little carried away, and I had cow's cheese, you know, milk product. Um, several times I made lasagna. It was so good. Plant-based lasagna. It was just so good. I was so proud of it, but it wasn't goat cheese. And my ulcer who, um, I'm not very fond of having decided to flare up and hurt. And I'm like, what's going on? Carol, you had cheese. So as soon as I quit the cheese again, the ulcer calmed down. So yeah, being aware of in ourselves and in our loved ones that we're caregiving for when something changes, then what has changed in life, in environment, in diet, in supplements, and whatever, as you said, new products? Are they using a new, a new lotion, a new cream? You know, what's changed? So I think we could do a lot of diagnosing that way. Well, and, I and I think that is, for me, when I look at the different roles of caregiving that we have, while my husband now lives in a memory care facility, and he has people who are more qualified for his lifestyle requirements in certain areas, my responsibility as a caregiver and my, my passion for him is to be that set of eyes and ears. I have the right. capacity for that, whereas some other people who are caring for him, that may not be the lens through which they see. And so Absolutely. as I navigate my caregiving journey, I see myself in different roles at different times. And to your point, whenever there's been something that has gone on with Jack, I do a 360 around him and, you know, what has changed, what is different. Mm -hmm. I don't just assume it's something that he needs to be medically treated with. Is it a behavioral right. issue? Is there someone new on the team? Is there something else going on? All of those kinds of things. And that's what we in our roles of caregiving 
have have the opportunity to do with our care receiver. Right. So you put on your detective hat. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. I'll tell you, I have just contacted an integrative medical doctor, functional medicine doctor in Southwest Florida. And folks, um, Sue and I are basically neighbors. We probably live, what, 15 minutes apart. And um, so in our part of the world, a physician who does this type of medicine and looking forward to my first appointment with her, I think it's a female, and that a person who does take the whole body into um, consideration when we're looking to cure an ulcer or to help with leaky gut, it's the whole body. And that's not a pr- approach of traditional medicine. Um, not that we want to avoid traditional medicine, but working together, you know, a symbiotic relationship there, bringing that together to come about with good conclusions rather than just throwing a prescription at it. Well, and the other piece of that for us is that our care receiver doesn't have the capacity often to either connect with or share with us what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And so for us to be, and this is why, again, I talk about massive acceptance and radical presence. If I have fully accepted their disease and I stay radically present to them, I will pick up signs that they don't have the capacity to, to mm-hmm. proactively share with me. And I can, for example, my husband really had, I recently had a dental issue that did not manifest itself as a dental issue in the beginning. And it was only through really staying present to exactly what was going on that we were able to determine that it really truly was a dental issue. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Pretty good stuff you got going there, my friend. And I hope you guys, as you listen to Sue, will think next time that you go to visit your loved one in a community, or maybe even if they're in their home or in your home, that you look past the obvious and maybe delve into the less obvious as to why this behavior is going on or this this symptom is happening and do a little digging like Miss Sue is very good at. So thank you for allowing my listeners to hear your point of view. And folks, if it's okay with Sue, we're going to have her on the next episode because I've got a lot more questions for her. But Sue, tell us, um, your book is Five Steps to Navigate Your Caregiving Journey. Tell the folks a little bit about it and where they can find it. I understand it's a bestseller. Thank you, Carol. And yes, I'd love to be back on and, and, and share some more. Yeah, the full title of the book is Our Journey of Love, Five Steps to Navigate Your Caregiving Journey, and it's available on Amazon. And very humbling, it became an international bestseller. Very good. That's fantastic, isn't it? We love that. <laughs> I'm, I, it, may, it, it fills my heart because it means that a number of people are being touched by it, and that was my right. goal in creating it. Absolutely. And your website and how people Our can journeyoflove.net. Very good. And I'm sitting here on your page right now, and it, it opens up with a picture for Hugging Jack. I just love that picture. I don't even know this man, but you can just tell he, he was just a sweetheart. He's a sweetie pie. He still is. Yep. And they can contact you there. Um, uh, there's a contact us link. So, yeah, very good. Thank you, Sue, and I appreciate it. And, folks, we're going to have Sue on our next episode, and I hope you will stay tuned. Thank you for joining me, and I hope your caregiving journey is a pleasant one. hope your loved one makes you smile, and I hope you make them smile. Blessings and smiles.
A special thank you to our sponsors, National Association of Veterans and Families, 800-352-2919 or www.navf.org. Contact them for information regarding benefits for the veteran or the spouse of the veteran. Tell them Carol sent you. National Association of Veterans and Families. They speak veteran, so you don't have to. HD Imports, located in Rock Hill, South Carolina, wonderful mechanics for the repair and maintenance of Honda, Hyundai, Acura, Toyota, and Kia. HD Imports, 803-985-0985. I would like to take a special moment and thank you for being a part of Let's Talk Dementia. You can find all of our resources at our website, letstalkdementia.org. Our podcasts, our videos, our books, our blogs, and a form where you can contact me are all right there on the website. I look forward to hearing from you. Blessings and smiles.